welcome to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name is Eric. This is Tyler. Here we are. Here we are, man. What yeah. is, what's been going on with you? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a, a, a rough question. But yeah, well, I mean... Any, any new updates for our, us or the listeners? Well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll open with a, a, a pretty amusing anecdote, Okay, if, if we could. Come on, drop a metaphor. Me, <laughs> me and Ashley got to go on a date night last night, which was awesome. And we ended up going to your event for the real estate stuff and got uh, some, some free appetizers. Thank you, by the way. That yeah, was awesome. No, no problem. That was awesome. And then we were like, you know what? We're going to make this you know, a date. So we went to a, a very nice restaurant in um, downtown Lancaster. And uh, we had our meal, right? And we do this thing where we'll, we, me and Ashley have very similar taste buds. So I was like, oh, what would you get? And then I was like, oh, I was going to get that. What, what else would we get? And, you know, I'll get something different. And we'll eat half and switch. So we, we, we ate half of our, our tri- you know stuff and we switched. And I'm eating some of her food. And I'm eating the uh, it's like a schnitzel pork chop thing, and I'm chewing it, and something is like is like, and I'm like, what in the world? It felt like a bone or something. I was like, what is this? I take it out, y'all. I had a staple, like a little, oh my like gosh, staple in my food, and I was like, what the? And Ashley's like, is that a staple? And I'm like, yeah. So I, I you know. Call the waitress over, and I was like very polite about it. I said, "Hey, listen, I hate to do this, but there was a staple in my food." And she was like, "Oh no!" And she took it, showed it to the chef and her manager. They came over, and we're apologizing. We're cool about it, right? We're just like, "It's okay." I'm just glad I caught it, whatever. And they're like, "You're not paying for your food tonight." I'm like, "Praise the Lord! <laughs> Here's a dessert menu. Praise the Lord!" So that was kind of like a cool. That's amazing. It was divine protection and divine provision all in the same in, time. in the same story. Wow. Yeah, and it, you know what? And the restaurant's great too. And would you go back? I would. I really would because the food was actually really good. And it's like they had no idea how it could got in there. So I kind of, I, I kind of feel like I, I was like, was it Peter who found the coin in the fish's yeah. mouth? Yeah, I kind of felt like that a little bit. So For those like, who are wondering, what does the staple taste like? Oh man, um, it's just it had like a weird texture. Like it was just kind of like this weird wiry crunch. I was like, oh, did I? I don't recommend it. Oh gosh, <laughs> I've heard of. Uh, actually, when I was a kid, I went for my birthday to the steak restaurant in Dallas. Yeah, and I think yeah, it was called Del Frisco's, Del and Frisco. I was. In mid bite, I think I was eating this creamed spinach thing, and I cr- I felt a crunch, and I pulled it out. It was a little piece of glass. It no, yeah, yeah, that was wild. They better have given you that meal for free. Well, I wasn't paying, so I don't know what happened because like I was so much younger. Yeah, I was probably twelve, I thirteen. Bet you got it for free. But I got. I remember they gave me a silver coin and something else too. Oh, so I don't know. <laughs> coin in the fish's mouth. Whoa, there you go. Hey, <laughs> there there's you a theme. What's God saying? Whoa, provision. Thank you, Lord. But yeah, that that was a, you know, that was a good night. But um, so anyway, today we ha- we always have to tell a little story before. But switching gears today, we felt led to talk about the competitive church, um, and this is something the Lord's kind of put on my heart um, recently in the past couple of weeks, and been meditating on it. And me and Tyler have been talking about it a little bit. I was like, we need to do an episode on this. So. Yeah. Here we are, and I think it's there's so much to talk about it. Um, you know, there's um, a lot, but there's a scripture that comes to mind. <laughs> excuse me, out of Mark ten, and um, it's it's when James and John are asking Jesus. They're saying like, "Hey, God, like, you know, can we sit at your left and right hand?" Right. So let's let's read it real quick. It said, 
And, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I'm about to be baptized? And they said to him, we are able. That's pretty confident. Yeah, pretty bold. <laughs> bold. Bold move, boys. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the bapti- and with the baptism which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began, they began to be indignant at James and John. In other words, they were mad and started arguing with them, right? And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever who would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be his slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, like, you have these brothers, you know, they, they have their teacher, they, they're with the Messiah. They found an opportunity where they thought they could make a power move and go over and, you know, level up in the kingdom, you know, go, climb the corporate ladder. And Jesus was very patient with them, asked them questions, and the other 10 overheard it, and they were indignant. Yeah. And that that's where the competition goes, hey, that's not fair. Like, why would you want to be over us? Oh, you think you're better than us? Well, you know, and there's like this competition that is like kind of brewing in there. And Jesus squashes it really quick. Yeah. And he says, you know, it's not like that. The upside down kingdom. It's not you're at the top. You're actually at the bottom. Wow. And you're going to serve. Is it crazy that when you're reading those passages, I'm watching The Chosen in my mind. Same. Yeah, I literally pictured them. I'm not going to lie. When you say Sons of Zebedee, I'm thinking of Zebedee from the right. season. Have you seen season three opener yet? No, I haven't. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah you no got spoilers. I won't spoil it. Yeah, go check it Go check it go out. Check it out right? Go check it out for sure. For sure. Shout out to The Chosen. Shout out. Yeah. Thanks, Dallas, for sponsoring this episode. Right, yeah. Jenkins. Yeah. But no, it, I think of that. And I was reminded of that passage in Philippians 2 because Jesus mm. is speaking out of... He's not speaking because he knows the right answer. It's, he's actually speaking out of a revelation of what he was living. It says in Philippians 2, "...have this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing mm. to be grasped." Another translation would say grasped or asserted, which I find very interesting. Mm. More on that in a second. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every name. So, yeah, the, the asserted part I find fascinating because oftentimes you, uh, when you're unhealthy in a leadership role or capacity, you, you see it as your job to assert your dominance or assert your knowledge or wisdom over other right. people instead of empowering other people. And the difference between, yeah, it's, it gets into the whole thing of like lead, servant leaders versus, you know, unhealthy leaders, but sure. total different thing. But I love that passage in Philippians 2 because it ties into what you're saying. 
and gives us a little glimpse into like how Jesus knew to say it's an upside down kingdom. Because like if he came and he had the fullness of, of God's spirit inside of him, but he emptied himself of all of his deity all to be on earth right, and to, to show us show us how to do it. He's saying like the whole the whole thing I'm looking for from you is not like climbing a ladder or some achievement. I want obedience because mm. it says he became obedient to the point of death. And it's the it's the yes to the Father that that then allows him to give us more authority, right. not the I want to be better than the next person or right. on my right or my left. And your yes looks different than my yes. Right. Yeah, I love that man. And like him being a hundred percent God, but also a hundred percent man. You would have to think that Jesus had that temptation too, like. I I believe Jesus was tempted with all things. Right. Right. And there's nothing that he, you know, we have a great high priest who can, you know, sympathize with us and of everything, you know, we go through because he's been through it. He's been there already. So you would have to think like, oh, the thought must have crossed his mind, you know, either from the devil trying to tempt, even and maybe in the wilderness, like, hey, you're this great teacher, great rabbi, like you could, you could be the top dog, you could be, you know, but he was already the top dog. Yeah. You know, but, you know, the enemy will try to bypass, you know, that, that, you know, process that he had to go through. But yeah, there's, there's, there's the competition spirit does not belong in the church. Why do you think, like, what do you think of when you think of competition, just even just scaling it back? Like, what is, what's a definition of competition? Like, if someone's like, well, what, what do you mean by people competing? Like, what would you like in, boil it down? Like, in the church world? Or yeah, just, like, even in the church world, what does it look like? Like, in the church world, I think of, like, you got First Baptist on the corner, and right down the street is, the, you know, the first, you know, Church of God or whatever, and they're like, oh, well, they had a, you know, they had a um, Easter egg hunt at their church. Well, why don't we get a helicopter and, <laughs> you know, f- drop down the Easter eggs from the sky and promote it, you know, and all this. And, oh, they had they had two services. Well, we're going to have three services. Oh, they baptized 50. We're going to find 25 more. You know, like maybe that's a good motive. Like we're going to baptize people. But then at the same time, is it truly to get people baptized and get people saved? Or is it just... A number game for you because you know the church wants more influence the church wants more money or whatever like that stuff can like it can seem good on the outside like oh they're they're ramping up they're doing the works of the ministry but then the motive of the heart though is being concealed and will eventually be revealed yeah so well, so, uh, so much of it is is cultural too like we're mm, and we've yeah. been impacted so much more by the culture of this world than we have the culture of god's kingdom yes and because we still have so much of that. And I say we because I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm completely clean of this. Oh, yeah. Like God knows, you know, we're, we're, we're going from glory to glory. We're repenting and like right. going through sanctification. But like competition, it's in our culture, it's like no one gets awarded the cereal box if you're second place. Mm. You know, it's like you don't end up on the Wheaties box by getting third <laughs> or fourth. It's if you're, you don't get recognized or shouted out because because you got third or fourth or fifth or sixth. It's only first place. And that's drilled into you through sports. Mm -hmm. And it's drilled into you through all of these other, you know, whatever TV shows, primetime, whatever musician has more hits, whatever social media post has more likes, it's constantly in front of us. And the more you, you feed on that, you begin to, without even knowing it, begin to believe things about yourself and your significance that are not true in God's eyes. Right. You triggered me with the sports thing. Yeah. Say something. <laughs> Go for it. Um, 
I'm man in America, like you know, I'm thankful for sports. You know, football. We talk about NFL all the time and stuff, and that's great and everything. And and I I think kids playing sports is a, is a great thing as well. But here's the thing: I believe sports has become an idol in America and also in the church. You know, and I think like. We can we can easily you know there's there's great benefits to sports right teamwork and 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 discipline and you know due diligence that's all great but the competition there's 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 healthy competition don't get me wrong but then there can be unhealthy competition where it's uh we have to do anything and everything to beat them you know even tactics to sabotage their game or like it can, it could get real um, ugly real quick. And I think we have to be careful in 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 that realm. Um, I won't go into the whole thing of should kids play sports and miss church. Um, yeah, that's a whole thing. Um, I'm gonna say no. They need to be in the prayer meeting <laughs> personally. Or they but, can go play sports and come to Threshold Sunday night. Right, you can come Sunday night. There you go. But I mean, we got, we have to be aware of this unhealthy competition because that that stuff is a breeding ground for sin. It can be, it could easily, you know, the pride, like, oh, I'm better than them. Um, you know, you're talking, you know, gossip, you know, that you could start talking bad about people because you feel like you're, you know, you're not um, stable in your identity or what God has called you to do. You don't feel like you can stay in your lane because you want to be in somebody else's lane constantly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have to be careful with that. Yeah. And if you're not, this is why we need really healthy identity teaching too in the church. Yes. Because the whole nature of competition is isn't I see it as an attack against unity. Yeah, say that's that. That's what I that's what I felt like the Lord put on my heart as I was meditating on this last night. He said competition is an attack against unity. There are healthy outlets for competition. Like, you know, if we're playing chess or we're we're you know, we're playing basketball or whatever, yeah, it's sure. it's healthy to want to win to an extent. But yes. when that when that desire for winning becomes a, a like selfish ambition and like my day is ruined and all of, right. and, and my friendship with you is ruined because right. I didn't win, then uh, then we've got a problem. And I speak from many personal experiences in that yeah. because like I am a super competitive person. Yeah, it doesn't matter if we're playing tic tac toe or whatever it is. I want to win. Yeah, and I when I was a kid, my babysitter i can't believe i'm sharing this on a podcast (laughs) maybe i just exposed myself (laughs) my baby's uh the babysitter at that time she told me when i was older she said yeah you you wanted to win so bad she said i would just catch you cheating in in the games because you 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 wanted you wanted to to win and see and have victory over me in all these games so you just cheat your way into victory and i was like it sounds about right you know know what many kids do that too because it's it's you know what that's funny you said it's when that happened when you were a kid and yet we have these adults who still being childish and still trying to cheat their way into victory. That's right. You know, they want to bypass this stuff, but we have to give our way to the to the ancient paths. Wow. To the ancient things. And, and sometimes the old things, it might not be as flashy, but they work. The old thing, maybe, well, I, I think it was Corey Russell who said, that the new thing that God's going to do isn't necessarily a new thing. It's just an old thing. Uh, and it's it's new to us. Um, and that's, that's prayer, that's fasting, that's, you know, giving yourself to community, the word, the church, right? There's, 
yeah, we have to be careful with that. But thank you for sharing that personal story. Uh, I mean, just, <laughs> it's might, true. Or just, just uh, you know, just giving them a little here I'll, insight. I'll, I'll put one in there too. I used to get so so like you said, like competition. Like if you lose, it would ruin your whole day. Oh yeah. Like when I was growing up in, in like middle school, and the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, would lose. Literally, it would throw off my whole week. I would be mad the whole week. <laughs> And it's just like, and it's like so stupid. It's like, it's literally, but then, you know, we can't let the competition rule us. Yeah. We can't. I love, I think there, there's a story with Tim Tebow from years ago when he was in the NFL Mm -hmm. and he has always said, admittedly, that he's very, very competitive. One of the things he did to get his eyes off of the victory or loss of a football game is he would spend before the game with someone who either had a disability or an illness or something. And he would just spend time touring with them and whatever else, because it got his eyes off of himself. That's good. And I thought it was a really cool thing that he did just to kind of keep himself in check. Cause he, at that level too, there's so much pressure to win. Like it's, it's just crazy. Right. But I think too, though, just like bringing it back home here, like religious environments breed competition like nothing else. Yes. We, you might think like, oh, well, of course they're competitive in sports and yeah, this church might be with that church. But when you really look at the nature of the spirit of religion, it's a competitive spirit. Mm, wow. Super competitive spirit. You know how many times in the Bible it says the Pharisees and the Sadducees were filled with anger or rage or hatred because they heard a sermon from Jesus or they heard a sermon from the disciples? What was happening was they were losing control. Mm. They were losing. They were losing the thing that they thought they had won, and they were affected so much by this different way of preaching and, and miracles that upended their traditions that right. they they wanted to kill him. Yeah, they wanted to kill him. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's that's what it'll do. It'll drive you to insanity and madness. Um, I think of also what just popped into my head. A great example of the opposite of that. You have John the Baptist with all of his followers and you know he he's doing the thing he's you know he's preaching the gospel you know he's baptizing people he's gaining a following and then here comes the messiah and without you know he recognizes him and you know i don't it begs like was there a split second in his mind where he was like oh my goodness i'm gonna lose everything and then like you know, like kind of contemplating that. But what does he do? He shouts, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's literally saying like, this is the guy we've been waiting for. Go follow him. Leave me go to him. Like this is the guy. And this is a guy with a mega ministry. And, you know, he didn't care about losing the followers. He didn't care about losing the notoriety or the or the fame. He wanted to glorify the Lord Jesus, and his motives were pure. Yeah. You know how much humility that takes? Yeah. It all comes down to this question that we've all had to wrestle with, but do I want to build my own kingdom, or mm. do I want to build his? Say it. That is, that's the question. Right. That's the question we're going to have to ask ourselves over and over again. And then the test of influence right. like, is going to also bring that to the forefront. Because if I'm convinced that my kingdom matters and I need to be leading to be anything for God, then I'm going to get insecure when anyone else does it better than I do. Right. And that the thing is, there's nothing to compete about in God's kingdom. Right. It's one body. <laughs> And, and if you even get down to the idea of like, well, my calling versus someone, your calling is unique and it's as unique as your design and your DNA. Yes. 
And, and so, again, like I said earlier, your yes and my yes, although like in a, in a sense we're dying to ourselves, it looks so different. Like the things you've had to walk through in your life and say yes to the Lord are very different from the ones that I have had to walk through. Very true. So how in the world can I compete with you when you've had a different upbringing, you have a different calling, you have a different assignment, you have different geographic places you've been called to? Like it's a war against unity. Right. And I think so many times too, people are compare like they'll they'll compare like, oh, we have similarities, but then they try to make it's so no, but I'm a one of a kind, unique person, and they and it's like this thing where it's like, oh no, you know, you can't have what I have. Like when they they get nervous when they actually do see similarities in other people's calling because they're like, oh no, that's somebody who has something similar to me. That's all, like the the lights flashing, uh-uh, like competition, and then they start getting that orphanhood thinking and all of that going on. But it, it makes me want to like beg the question, like you know, when like when we're like talking about God, are we representing our church? Are we representing our favorite leader or our favorite movement or our favorite stream? Or are we representing Jesus Christ? Come on. Like we we have to figure out the motive, right? It says in the word that some were of Apollos, some were of Paul. But what did it say? But God got the increase. Doesn't even matter about like <laughs> it's not about us. It's not about the ministry. It's not about the 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 stream or the movement. It's Jesus Christ. And we have to keep that in the forefront of our mind always, that it's always about him, that he always gets the glory, mm-hmm. that he always gets the honor. It's not about us, and it's never been about us. It's him. That's that's so good. I want to read that first Corinthians yes, passage. Please do. Because the couple verses before it, I think, shed some light on what Paul thinks about the competition issue. And this is convicting, even for me. All right, this is 1 Corinthians 3, if you have your Bibles. It says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people. Just stop there. I can't address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. He he said, you're unsaved. (laughs) I can't even even talk to you at a certain level of maturity because you're so far from that. Yeah. Verse 2, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Even now you're not ready, for you're still of the flesh. While there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? He's talking about himself. Right. Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted... Apollo's watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants or he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Right. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. And then he goes into describing the grace that God has given him, and then some other other passages follow after that. But wow, right there. So he's saying, like, if you're struggling with competition and factions and, like, you know, I need to defend this leader, I need to sound like this leader, you're, you're already in the flesh. Right. And that's convicting because it's so easy. Easy. It's so easy to, to want to gain, I don't whatever you want to call it, influence or power, whatever it is that you're insecure about. Uh, I, we have to come to a point, and I've had to come to this point in several areas of my life where I hold them loosely. 
Right. Like it's not, it's not only that it's not about me, but God deserves the right to, for me to give it back to him. Yeah. And the test is if I'm not willing to give it back to him and allow someone else to take it, then I am in the flesh. And there's a, there's a competition thing that needs to be dealt with. I've, I was thinking back a couple months ago, I took a sabbatical from the worship team because I'd done a lot of leading in the summer, a lot of plowing. And when you lead that many times in something, you feel invested in it. And in a way, it's very easy for your identity to almost get attached to it. And you just get used to being on the stage and leading and certain ways of navigating the moves of God's spirit on during services. So I took a sabbatical during the month of, month of September. And I noticed during that sabbatical that my how how connected my heart still was to the stage in an unhealthy way in some ways. And oh, week after week, I felt it being broken and being broken in a really healthy way. And I, the, the great revelation I came away was, with was, like, God does not need me on that stage for Him to move. Right. I am not needed, and it's, it's a privilege to be up there and to do worship, but it's not, I'm not entitled to it. Right at all, it's it's he will literally use anybody who's it's not our right anybody who will pray not my will but yours be done because it's it, it that's what he's after he's after I'm gonna tell you something but are you gonna obey and do it for my glory right I, I wrote this down when I was preparing for this here why are we so inclined to outdo each other in influence when we are called to outdo one another in love and serving with pure motives. Like why? Like what? What is in it? Like I I know what it is. It's it's the flesh, right? It's like it it craves the no. You have to be number one. No, you have to be on top. You have to be top dog. You have to, you know, be you know so gifted and talented and and outdo everybody else. But Jesus is like no no just just stop <laughs> right just stop like, and Paul's like you're spiritual babies but like just stop just, just came out stop. straight up yeah stop crying stop whining this is what it is you're called to serve people you're called to love people will God give people influence yes mm-hmm. but I pray for those people because it's even they're at an even even greater risk of succumbing to temptation to have that competition mindset so yeah. easy. And like you said, like I used to have that. I used to, you know, and I still like, it's, it's, we're human, right? We have to continually die to that stuff. It's no, it's no longer about an organization that we are a part of or were a part of or knowing this leader and that leader and whatever. It's like, we have to just remember it's Jesus Christ. It's him who gets the glory. We have to die to ourselves, die to our wants and our needs so that his may be glorified. But there's another thing I want to talk about too, because it's like, you have people who are like, oh yeah, I'm I'm all about serving, and they do the works, and they 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 talk, they, they can they can talk the talk, but when you go deeper and you see their heart motive, it's the the motive is still. I've I've encountered people like that, and I've been here myself, where it's like, oh, you can say all the Christianese and all the lingo, but you're still trying to cro- climb the corporate ladder. But God is so gracious that He'll 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 gently crucify that out of you and he'll do it if you'll allow him to do it how, how have you seen him do that oh i have some thoughts as well but oh my goodness out of me man i mean when i another college story um there was a a certain department that students could be a part of for chapel services and stuff and i wanted to do it so bad but the lord said don't do it like it you're not called to that i'm not calling you to do that so 
I, 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 I obeyed, but there was so much internal strife in my own heart where I, where I was like, no, like, look at this person. They get to speak on the stage and do announcements and, and all that. And I remember the Holy Spirit whispering to me at times, like, why, why, why are you mad at that? And I'm like, well, I'm not up there. And he's like, good. It's not about you. Mm. But God, didn't you call me to preach? Yeah, in due time, but you're not called to be up there right now. And I felt like, you know, and it, it led to this dialogue where I'm like, God, I feel overlooked. I feel like I've been overlooked. I feel like I've been, no one knows how, you know, what I'm called to, what you call me to do. And he was like, in, in due time, they will. But right now, you need to die to yourself and crucify this. And with tears, I, I did. <laughs> yeah. And I had my moments, you know, and there's moments where it was outwardly manifested and people, good friends would call it out. I mean, like, you need to die to that. And I'm like, you're right, I do. And I had to take that. And it hurts. It really hurts sometimes. But we have to remember, it's, it's, it's not about us. The world does not revolve around us. It revolves around, the, you know, the sun. Come on. It's <laughs> Christ. Good. I'm about Christ. <laughs> yeah, he'll definitely do stuff like that. I think that a lot of the reason why he puts us in wilderness seasons as well is to, yes. is to crush yep. those things that are inside. That, Impure motives. Yeah, 100%. And he puts us around community too because there's something about collaboration with other people that are have other gifts that is a really great ego check when you realize, you know what? The, you, you get a sober look at the fact that two can really put, was it 1,000 to flight, 10,000 to flight? Yeah. Thought, yeah, one can put a thousand to flight, ten, two can put ten thousand to flight. Yeah, I believe that's it. it. Yeah, you really get to see that because you realize, oh wait, they had ideas that were so much better than what I had, or at least added to what I had, and it makes it it makes it that much better, and you're able to advance the kingdom much further. I really, I honestly, I feel like I need to share this. Like, we have a lust problem mm. in the church. You yes. might you might be saying, well, I'm not looking at porn. I'm not. I'm not doing something adulterous or I'm not, you know, staring at men or women the wrong way. That's not the lust I'm talking about though. Wow. There's a lust that wars against contentment, and that's what a lot of people are battling at the root of this thing. Because if you find yourself in those moments of internal strife over something that really doesn't matter and your identity is thrown upside down when things don't go your way, you probably have a lust problem. And you you need to spend some time, I say you, meaning all of us, us, in in time with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit and say, why, what is it in me that's getting triggered by other people's success? And what is it in me that's getting triggered uh, by feeling feeling let down that I'm not advancing? Yeah. And I think like we have to keep ourselves in check of how much we allow in like what we see. Like I think social media it's a great thing, but it's also a terrible thing because, you know, people will post all the great stuff and the following and all whatever, but sometimes, you know, we're only human and I don't think we're, I don't know, sometimes it feels like maybe, I don't feel like we were built to know all this, like, and see all this, right? But it, that's why I'm like, you know, such a... Um, uh, champion of like just get off social media for a little bit and just like which i probably need to do myself honestly this this season this holiday season i was you know? i was feeling the lord speaking to me that uh, a day or two ago right I feel the same thing there you go and it's like and it's it's not and it's not a bad thing it doesn't mean like because you're getting off you're you know you're in this hole of competition or whatever but you can you can um attack the um 
the thing before it attacks you. So yeah, I would just encourage maybe anybody listening right now, maybe you need to get off social media. Maybe you need to get your eyes of what so-and-so is doing out in, you know, California and they're like doing, they're living the, the dream or whatever, you know, like, and you're getting jealous, like just shut off everything. And maybe you just need to like take time where you can dialogue with the Lord, like tell the Lord your frustrations. He's, he, he, he likes that when, when you do that, but turn your frustration into intercession. I said that quote in the last couple episodes on prayer, but I love, I love it. Turn your tr- frustrations into intercession. And, and that's what God wants to get after is, is, is your heart motives. Like let them purify you. A lot of, yeah. And a lot of times in that place, I know for me, when I do go into those places of prayer, when I know something's starting to break is when I feel the tears. When I feel the tears starting to come, I know that there's something in my heart that's grieved. Even yes. if I haven't changed yet, I don't see it. But I think that's all God wants us is wants is just the want to not love that. Yeah. I don't want to want whatever it is for for different people, whether it's platform, it's it's big social media, big house, family, white picket fence. It's a lot of different things. In this area, there are a lot of idols. And, and some of them are religious in nature. Others are family in nature. And I know that sounds weird, but sometimes like marriage and kids can be a major idol yes. in cultures like this. And for, for those who haven't maybe had that yet, they have to confront, the, confront that at times and realize like, I'm on a journey that's unique and the Lord has a plan for me and a purpose for me. And the real test is like what the Lord was, was given, downloading to me was, he was saying, look, you cannot be an encourager and be in competition with someone else. Yeah. They do not go together. Yeah, and so I, I find like that's a really good litmus test is do I have a difficult time encouraging this person? And like when's the last time I went out of my way to encourage someone else who's in the same lane I'm in or even or higher? Because if I'm not do, regularly finding myself encouraging, speaking positively about someone else, then there's probably something off in my heart. Now, of course, you might be able to disguise it for a little while, but really you might just be masking like frustration because someone else is more successful than you. And it's one of the ways I think we, we attack this thing because like you were saying, you can get off social media. I, I would say also two other like practicals would be one um, to take regular like sabbaticals from stuff that you do. Yes. So I guess it kind of goes along the line with what you're saying, but whether it's a... a I don't know if you can do that with your job necessarily because you need to be there. But or like a personal retreat, personal or... retreat, whether it's ministry, whether it's even just maybe your social circles, just scaling back a little bit for yeah. just staying home and yeah. in prayer one night instead of being out with people. Right. And we're not saying going into isolation mode or whatever, but like, hey, like like you, I like that. Like maybe instead of going out with friends that weekend, why don't you just have a weekend with the Lord? You know, and then go hang out with your friends the next weekend. Right, yeah, like, exactly. Because we're we'll champion community all day long here. Um, but yeah, and the, was there a second thing, or did you? Yeah, think, I was yeah. just going to say too. Um, well, I guess it goes along with it. Just holding it, holding it loosely, and and finding ways to encourage people. Yes, finding ways to be a Barnabas. You know, everyone wants to be Paul, but like Paul yeah. needed Barnabas. You know, everyone everyone wants to be Peter or who all these other disciples, but Jesus chose those twelve for a specific reason and right. and sent them out two by two for a reason. Yeah. Maybe we have so many discouraged people in churches is because nobody wants to encourage anybody. That's right. Like 
you can have, man, I've had times where I, I was in the, the mud, the mire, and the Lord said, go encourage this person. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, Lord. Like, I cannot do it. He said, good, let me do it through you. That's awesome. And I did. And this, and and, and, and I've I had multiple people just get like, you're so encouraging and thank you so much. And I'm smiling and inside I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it was like, God, you're good. But like, you know, you could still do that. But you know what? It, and then like after a couple hours, I'm like, you know what? That did feel good. It's it's the scriptures. What, what is it? As you refresh, refresh others, others yep. you too shall be refreshed. And it is true. Like you, when you, and then you do it a couple more times, and something starts to shift on the inside of you, and that doesn't make sense, right? Because you're so you're so discouraged. You're you need the prophetic word. You need all this stuff, and then the Lord's like, "No, go give it to somebody." And I'm telling you, joy comes too. You know, another <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost on this. You know, another way to, get, to you know, if you're feeling really like depressed or sad or whatever, you want to feel immense joy. Just go give somebody a hundred dollars. Okay. I tell you what, man, or the Lord tells you like, you know, you want a prophetic word, ask God how much money you can give to a person. I've done it before and it's <laughs> it's scary. But then at the same time, when you do it, it's like, oh my gosh, you get this immense joy. I don't know who this is for. Maybe you need to give somebody money. <laughs> but like legitimately though, dude, I, I just can't tell you enough. Like, like that, that, that's like, it's the upside down kingdom. It doesn't make sense to your flesh. And God says, good, because I want my spirit to come out of you, right? We're vessels of his Holy Spirit. And like the the things of his kingdom doesn't make sense to this. It doesn't make sense to the, the American dream. You know, the kingdom of God is not the kingdom of America. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of God. Right. And it doesn't make sense to our culture or society or other cultures in society. But it's like, how, it, now, that's a whole nother podcast, I guess. I, I could keep rambling. But you got anything else before we kind of wrap it up? No, I just I would just encourage us to let's create a culture of championing others. Yeah. And like going out of our way to say to say thank you for the little things and encourage people in the little things that we're noticing cuz I, I just think it goes a long way to just keeping any remnant of the flesh that might still try to be operating in right. check. And I, I think we can overcome it through through encouragement, through sabbaticals, through fasting. Yes. Through obviously through prayer and reading the word and those are things we've hit on every single episode, I think. Right. But that's that's what I would say. There's a lot more to share and even just, I would encourage you to study study that passage in Corinthians, because if you if you go into just even the context of the Church of Corinth, how big it was, the types of people they had, there's a reason why Paul was addressing these things with them, and it, they're not that much different than what you will see in the American church today. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to get into it now, but I, you know, I, I always over research for these things, and I found it fascinating the things that Corinth was going through. And the types of people that were in the church, it's, you find some amazing similarities with churches here. So, wow, yeah, yeah. So that's that's good, man. Um, so yeah, let not competition reside in your heart, but go encourage somebody. Go 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 squash that stuff. And thank you so much for joining us. We had fun. We shared some stories. We laughed. We cried. Yes, Lord. <laughs> and we just bless everybody on this podcast. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. And my name is Eric. This is Tyler. And this is the Pilgrims Podcast. We'll see you next time, guys.